hope you're hungry because you're listening to Everybody Eats. One. What's up, everyone? What's up? What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. It's your host, Bensky Belazare. We're here with our co-host, Edom Ekti, and we have a really great guest with us today, Mr. Randy Williams from Tally and Twine. Um, shout out to everybody on the live. If you're watching this, you get to watch this episode a couple weeks early before we officially drop it. So again, if you're on the live and you have any questions throughout the episode, just drop it. Drop a question. We'll try and get to it. Um, throughout. So we're here again with Mr. Randy. Um, make sure to follow us on all platforms on Instagram at everybodyeats.pod, on TikTok, um, everybodyeatspod, we're on um, Twitter, everybody underscore eats underscore, all those platforms, Apple, uh, Spotify, YouTube, we're on all those platforms where you stream uh, podcasts, we are on there. So stay tuned. And again, during this pandemic, we might as well start binging some podcast episodes. So uh, from there, we'll get this conversation rolling. So, Mr. Randy Williams, um, like it, I've been saying for the past couple episodes, it's been real, real cool that since I've been down in the um, more than that seven five seven area, I've been great. It's been great being able to network with a lot of different small businesses and different businesses in this area, um, and just uh, been networking. And again, it was through. I guess it all kind of stemmed back to the Perfect Play event, um, and I believe. You know, I think that's Chris posted a picture and he had a watch and I was like, yo, like that's a dope watch. And then I clicked the account and I was like, oh, Italian Twine. I was like, oh, it's a dope page. So then, you know, I ended up like reaching out and things like that. So it's been real cool being able to just meet different businesses um, out, out here in, in the Hampton Roads area. So um, if you could introduce yourself, where are you from? What do you do? And then we can get this rolling. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, Randy Williams, the founder of Italian Twine. Uh, Italian Twine is a watches and accessories company, direct to consumer. We only sell on our website online. And uh, this is our fifth year. I'm actually from Georgia, but I started the business here uh, in 2014. And I've been here since, uh, in Virginia, since 2008. Got it, got it. All right. So um, if you can give a background on. Um, I know on your website, um, actually, I kind of want to say that for a little bit later, right? But yeah, uh, I mean, we, we, had a, we had a conversation the other day, so I was wondering if you could give a little insight on, you do what was that? I've, I, when I think of watches and accessories, initially you, you think of, uh, or at least for me, I would think of like the big companies, you think of like the Rollies and the APs and things like that. So how, what is it that got you into that industry and how did, you, how did that even start? Yeah, I just started really my senior year in uh, high school. Okay. I went to, I went on our senior trip, which was a cruise. We went to the Bahamas. We went inside this little gift shop and they had a guest watch for like uh, 50 bucks. And I bought it. That was the first real watch that I ever had. And um, I kind of fell in love with them since then. And so in college, I started, you know, buying different brands. Uh, that continued all the way really until I got to Virginia. Mm. I got to Virginia, met my wife, and she would give me a gift for every holiday, like every birthday, every you know major holiday event. And after a while, I started looking at my collection, and I realized that two things would happen. Most of my collection was cheap watches. Mm. 
So watch <laughs> that tin last. There was something wrong with all the the paint was cracked, or you know, uh, the battery was stopped working, or the, the function would be bad, or the coloring would fade. And I started to realize also that all of the watches looked alike. Mm. So you just name those big brands. I realized what the smaller brands do most of the time is just copy the big brands. They make their version of whatever that popular watch is. So everybody has their version of a Rolex or AP. And I realized that this was a market that could use some disruption. You know, for, for one, I could make different types of designs. But number two, I can make a quality watch that isn't $1,000 plus. Mm. And three, I wanted to make something that spoke to a consumer that looked like me. Yeah. So I realized that we were supporting all of these major brands, but they weren't doing anything in terms of advertising, uh, not even thinking enough of us to even mention us in their ads or their marketing. But we were promoting them for free every day. So I said, why don't we get something that's actually for us that we can promote that we can be proud of? So that's how the idea was born. Got it. So now, now, now you have the idea, right? You're like, you know, I want to start getting into watches. You have the inspiration. So like, what is the first step? Like, how do you, if, oh yeah. What is the first step? Like if you, yeah. What is the first step? Like if you want to start creating watches, do you just go to a manufacturer? Like, how do you even get the idea? Like, how do you go turn from the idea to, to something physical? Yeah. Once you have the idea, the, the more, the clearer you are on your idea, the easier it is to bring it to life. So you got to know exactly what it is that you want. So you own a clothing company. You got to know exactly what designs you want and how you want it made, how you want it to fit, what material. Yeah. So once you got that information, pretty much the next step is just to get in contact with the manufacturer. So for, for myself, I sketched out my watch designs that I wanted, and then I had a graphic designer uh, kind of make a, a graphic of my sloppy sketches and I took that graphic and had that turn into um, a 3D model. I guess it would be called uh, yeah, a, a 3D model Yeah. whereas all of the specifications were spelled out so the materials, the size, all of that. Once I had all of the specifics, that's when I found a manufacturer online that could bring it to life for me. So did you have did you have someone already in the industry who like helped you through that or like this was just you liked watches I'm gonna just try it out and I'm gonna just figure it out as I go along. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting 100 percent from scratch. I don't know anything about the industry other than being a consumer. So I, I knew what the co good components of a good watch were, but I didn't know anything about how to get it made at all. Yeah, I just told myself that I was gonna start one step at a time. You know, so like I said. I didn't let my mind get to what if I can't find a manufacturer or what if I can't pay for it. I just did it one step at a time. Let me start with this sketch and then let me bring this sketch to life. Got it, got it. So, Ian, do you have anything you want to ask? Uh, yeah, have you ever decided, um, I guess this is considered watch making, but like actually like breaking it down and taking little screwdrivers and little tweezers and pieces and just actually going down into, let's say, when you're old, um, your old uh, watches that you said had problems and actually trying to figure out and see, hey, this is the specific part that's wrong with it and actually, you know, probably turn that into another aspect of your business? Well, once you, um, after knowing the industry for a while, you know exactly what's wrong with it. Mm. You know, <laughs> by whatever happens to it. 
Uh, the fact is, in order to make an affordable watch, most people don't care what's on the inside of it. And so they give people the bare minimum in terms of materials for people to purchase it. So if you want to sell something for $50 or $100, you know, you, all, you can only make it through with certain materials for it to actually be affordable. And so that was what I found out is I actually did that. I found out that the parts inside were just poorly made, mm. you know, poorly made, poorly put together. It's not that these companies couldn't do it, but it's just that they didn't feel the need to because the customers weren't demanding anything better. And that's why, as you said, you think of the watch companies, uh, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. You think of watch companies, you think of these big names, but these big names are around for a reason yeah. because they care about what goes into Mm. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, so, one thing that uh, we spoke about off camera was when you said, you, right now you said you've been doing it for five years, and you said something especially, especially when it comes to clothing and accessories, but just in general, when you're starting a company, starting a business, you have to build your brand. Um, and you were saying, um, you know, how starting off, you you know, it's going to be that no one really knows you, but it's that process of building it. So if you could just elaborate how, if you could elaborate on that point and then how, how did that affect you? And like, you know, how did, how did you deal with that with Tally and Twine? Yeah, well, what I spoke about was the fact that it takes three to five years to build a brand. Yeah. You know, I actually spoke with this guy who had this uh, uh, shoe company at the time. Okay. They're out of business now, but it was a like a three or four million dollar shoe company at the time. Doing good, but nobody knows who you are. But that's okay because it takes three to five years to build a brand. It's like most people don't know that they expect something to happen overnight. And you know, in regards to that, you asked me what was, I told you that was the biggest challenge that we faced is that nobody knows you. I look at the brand industry, what me and you are doing, as kind of like being independent artists. Mm. And as of right now, Italian Twine is the really, really dope independent part. That means there's a pocket of society, thousands of people that know about me and love me, but there's millions of people who don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like everybody enters the industry and tries to become straight right away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're talking about Rory over here who's eating good and doing shows and traveling international. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if we reach that status of, you know, where somebody considers you a crossover hit or a pop artist, that's cool. You know, but even if we don't, because of the way I built my business, we'll still be successful in anything we do. Yeah. You know, so in spite of everything that's going on right now, we're not panicking. We got loyal customers, we got low overhead, and product is still moving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's how I like it. Right. So two things that you just you mentioned that I kind of I kind of want to talk about. You said it feels like you're doing uh, an independent artist. So I, I I really I really like that example. Um, kind of in the sense of like you know if you say if you make music it's it's the same way like. First, you start. Maybe you can make a couple songs. Maybe you could, you know, drop an album and drop two albums, and it could be really good, right? But like, how many underground artists do we know that make really great music? But like you said, like maybe a couple people in your city know about it, but then you have the rest of the country who knows nothing, right? And then it's that, you know, it's that consistency of you know putting out music and like trying to do collab, trying to do features, right? And just trying to get your name out there, making sure that you're on all the platforms and stuff, so people people can see you, right? And then. 
you know, if and if you think about it again in music terms, like some of the biggest artists, you always hear them in rap songs, like, "Oh, I've been doing this since I was a kid," right? And like, yeah, it takes time. You know, it takes. You have to have your catalog. You gotta have like your past history of you grinding, putting out your work, and then eventually, you know, you stay that consistent and you're staying, you know, ahead of the game and stuff. And then, you know, when your time comes, your time comes, right? But it's like it's that work ethic that you have to put in before, and all that hustling that you have to do before before you get to that point where it's like a household, it's a household name. So. I want to add. I want to add something to that too, because we talked about this yesterday as well. And the problem with most independent artists and independent brands is also the same. Mm. They do not have an audience. Mm. Like, who do you make your stuff for? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So if I make a record and I sound like Lil Baby, Migo, Gunna, I sound like everybody that's already out. I don't have an audience. I don't have a unique audience enough for me to get noticed. That's true. They're not setting themselves up to get a chance to get a chance to get noticed because they look like everything else. Yeah. So it's easy to compartmentalize people like, oh, that's a brand with so-and-so with a fancy slogan. Oh, i seen that. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. easy to look over. Now, that's somebody rapping fast. It's the same, you know, same tempo as X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah. So it's easy for you to pass by. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because when we look at these mediocre artists who make it big and be like, oh, maybe I should switch up my style and do it that way in order to get on. Yeah, yeah. That's a mistake. You're just going to be a watered-down version of them. You know, so there is value in being the first one that sounds like X, Y, and Z. So if you notice all of the major artists who have a buzz right now, there's something about them that makes them different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might be a little, little tweak, but it's something about them that makes them different. And you got to embrace that uniqueness and know that, hey, what I have is for this audience. So what I'm going to do is continue to make stuff that caters to this audience. And I will be successful if I do it that way. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that definitely like reemphasizes our point. Um, our point, um, I guess, in terms of podcast episodes a couple weeks prior um, about really understanding your brand and and knowing yeah just understanding and getting to know what your brand is which will then translate into finding your actual audience and knowing who your audience is so that definitely especially with the music analogy you have people like um a boogie who gave birth to like little tj and little Tekka and stuff like that so definitely you know the first person to do it is always at the top of that list for the most part so yeah, I was gonna say like um, you know a couple of weeks ago when we did the episode with Norva, uh, you know either, even we were talking about like the target audience and really knowing like who are you really trying to to cater your your product to, right? And then like you know even making that point that like, if you're not facing the right audience, you can end up having your material everywhere. But if you're not with the right audience, it's not gonna stick, right? But like if you can really understand who or do you really want to target who do you who is the ideal like who is that one ideal customer what is all their characteristics and if you can tackle that and you really understand that audience and that person then your product your brand can do have a much greater or more exponential impact on that specific audience and if you're just trying to market to everybody and their moms you know so like at the same time it's yours it's not you know it's not your um consumers so if you're going based off whatever is hot you're going to be switching 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 right. switching, yeah. switching wasting so much money getting frustrated and then after a while just it's not what it was when it started so. yeah right and like um again we bring up Gary V every episode so one thing that he 
he, he speaks about uh, speaks about is that he says a lot of people when they're starting brands either whether it's a brand it's a business it's it's whatever a YouTube page photography um, a lot of them are in saturated markets and people always ask oh how what can I do to, to stand out what can I be to be unique um, what can I do to be unique and one thing that one video he said like honestly you just have to really be yourself right when you're creating something and creating a brand, you have to make sure you're putting all your interests in it because no one is as unique as yourself, right? You're just trying to say, oh, I want to be unique. I want to do something different. And it's like, okay, what are your interests? What do you enjoy? Like if you put yourself into it, no one, literally no one is like you, right? So if you put your interests, your thought, your love into it, right? Your, your designs, like in your case, right? If you have your, a certain style, your flavor, right? My, my style is going to be different from your style. It's going to be different from Edom's style, right? But this is not my brand. It's not Edom's brand. It's Randy's brand. Like, so if Randy puts, you know, all his interests, all his style into Italian twine, it's going to be like him, right? It's going to be unique because it's going to be different than me. It's going to be different for everybody, right? And that's how you stand out and you just stay true to that, right? So, you know, if it's music, right? Back to the music um, uh, analogy, if it's clothes, you put what you love, you put your your interests in it, and it's gonna stand out regardless. So, um, yeah. and that and that creates a loop as well. The fundamental problem that a lot of people have goes back to something else that Gary Vee said. He always talks about self awareness. I think you yep. missed that point. You can't put yourself into a brand if you don't know who you are. You know, people are still chasing. Yep. They they're chasing trends in their lives. Like, hey, I want to dress like this person one day. Yep. That's what I want to be. Yep. That's what yep. I want to get yep. tattoos on my face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They don't know what they want to do. Yeah. So understanding and having that self-awareness is going to be Definitely, definitely. So um, that pretty much covers that covers everything I want to talk about in the first segment. Do you have either one of you, Edom, any closing remarks before we move on to the second segment? Nah, we hit the nail on the head, so. All right, perfect. All right. So uh, that concludes the first segment. Thank you very much for that conversation. So stay tuned. If you're on the live, stay tuned. We're about to hit uh, the quote of the day. And then we'll go into our last segment um, where we talk about the power of visualization. What's up, everyone? What's up, everybody on IG? We're back here for segment two of Everybody Eats Podcast. We're here with Randy Williams. We just had a great conversation talking about Italian twine, talking about branding. Um, and all, all that great stuff. So now we're going into our second segment with the quote of the day. So for today, I have the quote. Um, it's kind of hard to guess who it is, but really, every day I'm trying to learn something new, right? Or trying to do something new, to do something different, trying to expand, whether it's like, all right, you know, learning social media marketing. That's been my big thing lately, right? So it's just like trying to consume content on it and putting those, putting those uh, things into practice. Um, so I think in that growth stage, sometimes I have to remember like, Hey, like every day kind of is like, every day is a new day. Every day is a new day to implement what I just learned. What's in the past. Realistically, I can't change it. And let me just learn from that. And let me just start, let me just start over. Not necessarily start over, but you know what I mean? Like new mindset every day. And like, you know, focus, focus on the growth, you know, focus, focus on the growth, focus on the potential. Um, so that's something that, you know, um, that really stuck with me when she said the beginning is always today. So it's like, you know, once you wake up, it's like, Hey, you know, it's a new day. Let's get to it. You know what I mean? Maybe you made a, maybe you might have made a mistake yesterday. Maybe something didn't go well. Um, but today's a new day to get to it, you know? So, um, that's, that's something that I, I really enjoy. Nice, nice, simple and to the point. Yeah. 
So, you guys have any piece on that? Uh, Randy, you can go first if you want. No. Uh, um, personally, I see it the same way you do. Um, every day is a new day. If you want to procrastinate, today's the day to start that. Um, <laughs> if you want to go work on a new skill, or let's say you're making a design or something, um, today's a new day to like figure out a different aspect, take, take apart a different piece of it. Um, if you're, you know, making a watch, today's a new day to, you know, reach out to graphic designer, reach out to the art or the person who knows the specifics about the parts. Today's a day to reach out to your um, seller or, you know, fix a website. So every day is actually a new day to start something. Um, something I told Bensky a lot last year before all this was, um, there's always something to be done. I'm learning more and more every day. Like, uh, yeah, like I had a big issue thinking, you know, I'm, I'm free, I'm done. I don't think I have anything to do. And then, you know, you sit and think, you're like, oh, no, then, you know, something else on the list, something always has to be done. So every day, you know, depending on who you are, it might be a new day for more stuff to do, but also just other stuff to move on. No, definitely, definitely. Um, when you say design, I always goes back. We always have conversations of like creating designs on Photoshop and things like that. And it's funny how sometimes like we'll start a design, right? I'll send Edom a design like, oh, like this is fire, right? Then maybe the next day it's like, oh, okay, we're going to make some change. And then maybe Edom makes a change and then I make a change. And it's like, oh, okay, like from, from the end product from where it started, you know what I mean? You can see how, how maybe a new day, you know, you wake up one day, it's like, oh, no, I want this. I want that. I want that. So um, it's kind of like that, that refresh um and that that creativity that goes in there and yeah when you say like there's always something to be done um definitely lately i've been feeling that a lot you know it's like especially in this growth stage trying to take advantage of this time um especially for like any small businesses if you're trying to grow your brand like you know there's a lot of new innovation obviously like a lot of things um you said that you don't have any overhead you don't have like a storefront so i can see like that's a, that's a positive for you right but like for a lot of people who do have maybe like a storefront you know, they're going through a lot of issues, going through like a lot of uh, setbacks right now. But it's like, you know, trying to find every day, like, what can I do to keep my business going? What can I do to keep my brand growing? What can I do um, so I don't hit the, you know, I don't hit rock bottom. So it's like, you know, you just got to sit there and think, you know, and like, I think we're going to talk about that um, in another episode. But just trying to find like, what are like sitting there and thinking on trying to find ways to, to, to innovate. Um, on businesses that have been heavily affected. Like we had that conversation with Alan. Yes, I had a conversation with Alan yesterday. We were talking about photography, and he was like, "Man, like it really sucks for photographers because I can't go out and do photo shoots. Like, what kind of content am I gonna, you know, for photographers? It kind of sucks. Like, what kind of content content am I gonna produce?" And you know, we were just trying to think, and it's like a lot of you know what's really big with photographers. It's like the fact that you have to take pictures of people, or even if you want to take pictures of people out of things outside, you have people you saying like, "Oh no, quarantine, stay inside." You no, know? so it's like what, what, like you know, you really have to just sit there and like, what can I do? So we came up with like a few ideas, but it was just like that, you know, that thought of like, "Yo, something always to be done," and like, what can we do to keep keep moving forward no matter um, what the situation is. So. Um, I think we can, we're definitely going to say that for uh, another episode, but that definitely reminds me of that conversation I had um, with Alan yesterday. So um, off of that, that concludes uh, the quote of the day. So we'll go into the final segment, um, talking about the power of visualization and that quote of whatever you do, do it right. 
So stay tuned for on the live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to segment three of the Everybody Eats podcast. We just had a great conversation about branding. Uh, the quote beginning is always today. And now um, a little bit more of a discussion topic. Um, so I was doing, uh, I was on your page a little bit, not to be a creep, but I did see, you know, some videos that you posted that, you know, picked up my ears. I was like, oh, this is something I definitely want to uh, speak about. Um, so the first one is you have a video on the power of visual. We like almost speak into existence, but in their heart, they don't really believe it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And to me, that's the difference. Like you can say what me, that's the difference. Like you can say whatever. Some people say, 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 and they never do, do, do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you really believe in your heart, your actions are going to start to take place, and then you're going to start putting things in motion. And something I learned early on in my business career is that a big part of our beliefs, belief system is what we see. So even when we think, when you're trying to recall something, you think in pictures. Mm. So you're trying to remember what you wore yesterday. You're going to form a picture in your mind, Probably if you looking through the closet, <laughs> pulling your shirt out, yeah. right? oh, this is what I put on. Or you gonna say, oh, I remember sitting in front of the TV and I had on this shirt mm. when I was doing that FaceTime. So we think in pictures, and in doing so, we think in pictures. If you want to create an image of something that you want, a good way to do that is to make that image first, so that you can believe that you can have that thing. Mm. You know what I mean? So. That's why this whole rise of vision boards and things of that nature came about. It's because in order to train our minds the right way, we have to be able to form that image of what we want. So that being said, the breakdown occurs for most people is like with those vision boards, you gotta believe in actually what you put on that board. board yeah, yeah. When you're trying to manifest, you gotta believe that you can actually have it. So it goes again back to self-awareness because a lot of people see stuff that they want but in their heart they know they like they tell themselves stuff like i don't deserve it or i'll never achieve that mm. or that's too way too expensive mm. and as a result they get exactly what they think as a man think if so is he mm-hmm. that's true for that very reason is because people feed their minds with so much negativity and when it comes time to manifest something that's positive they can't do it. It's like you drained your whole battery all week by looking at Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> and now you're trying to make something positive yeah. happen in your life and in your business. And you can't do it. You know, so I learned to surround myself with those images. But I also learned to uh, protect my mind from things that take away uh, from what I actually want to achieve. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. So, um, to what you said, like in, in terms of manifesting and people don't believe all right. Another thing that um, with, with manifesting is the fact that um, on the, uh, pretty much the, the phrase that you know, faith without works is dead. Right. You know, so it's like you, you can even even if you say it, the, the part of that belief is the action that you take also. Right. So it's for me, I've always, you know, or at least lately, definitely it's been, you know, with, with the podcast have been growing. It's like if I say. For example, I want to have Gary Vee as a guest, right? I, I can say that all I want, but like you said, first you have to actually believe in your heart. Like, can I really have Gary Vee as a guest? If I'm sitting here, you know, wallowing like, oh, woe is me. I'm never going to, you know, be able to get into him. Then of course you're never going to, right? Because you never, you don't believe it and you're not going to, you know, take action on it. But if I say like, yo, by the end of 2020, Gary Vee is going to be on the podcast. 
even if I don't today, right? But if I truly believe it, and even if today I don't physically take an action to like email him, but if you believe it subconsciously, you'll start taking actions that will lead for it to happen. And that's when some, that's something that we've noticed that when we talk about speaking to resistance in school, that's something we would always notice what would happen. Like we would say, for example, back to that analogy of like trying to get a guest to come to an event, you would say, hey, I want, you know, this consultant to come to an event. So maybe for like the next week or so, we're not necessarily thinking about it, but slowly, like slowly, we're slowly taking actions where maybe I'm like, okay, maybe I follow this person on LinkedIn. Okay, maybe I network with someone who knows that person. Maybe I go to a different business event, right? And subconsciously, it's like, once you really believe it, you start taking little action, little action, little action, and then all of a sudden, it's like, boom. Oh, this consultant, I just got their email address. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, like, hey, you know, I can go send out that reach out email and then boom. And it's like, whoa, how did that happen? And it's like, hey, you know, once you truly believe it, you start taking those little steps, little actions that lead to it in um, in the end, right? So it's it's not just just saying it, right? Because I don't want people thinking manifesting is like, oh, if I say it's going to happen. Granted, that's cool. But like you said, you have to believe and you have to still take action towards it for it to actually happen. You can't just say it and then just go sleep all day like, just, nothing's gonna happen right bro like i think even a, a step below that like there were a few times we definitely had a few events we're like all right we're gonna make this like the event you know we had a uh two uh black history not just the one yeah on, uh, february so um every time that came around we always told ourselves like yeah this is gonna be it it's gonna be our, our event with um the most people we've ever had yeah and both times you know aside from the fact that it was kind of um, a special thing for us. We, when you say that and you really believe it, you start, not only does your confidence go up, but like Bensky said, you um, start acting and moving in ways to make that, you know, come to light and actually come true. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's all it's about. And um, I believe- oh, It was very sparingly, you know, it was a lot of days between sales. Um, so whenever that would happen, I started like, man, I really like how I feel when I see a notification. I, what if I could capture that feeling and feel like that more often? Would that translate, you know, into more sales? So I, I took a, a screenshot of the notification, you know, printed it out, like really blew it up, and um, I got it laminated. And well, I ain't laminated. I just put clear tape on. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I started putting them in rooms around my house, like the bathroom, the bedroom, the kitchen, everywhere. And my wife was like, where? And my wife was like, man, what is that? <laughs> and so I broke it down to her why, why I was doing it. And, you know, it actually worked, man. And like you said, your subconscious goes to work, like trying to figure out ways to make that happen again. Because mm -hmm. you, you're seeing it. You're used to that feeling. You feel it in, in your heart that, man, this this could really happen on a daily basis. Like I, that was the, the visualization things help when you have trouble believing it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But like it's, it's impossible to realize. Like, man, I'm only selling like ten shirts a month right now. It's impossible for you to be like, I could go to selling ten shirts a day. But you know it's possible, but you don't know what it feels like. You never done it before. Mm. So sometimes we need help with that visualization. So it's kind of like you know when you get a new car. You all of a sudden see every car that looks like that. That's yeah, your yeah. subconscious being aware of it now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we can create those awareness antennas 
by putting those things that we want in front of us and visualizing what it will actually feel like once we actually get it and obtain it. So that's a technique I use, and I'm sure I read that in a hundred places as well, you know, um, but it actually worked, man. And um, Sometimes I, I sit down at the visualization, and sometimes I actually get a picture in front of me of what it is that I'm aiming for. Uh, no, I like that a lot, because... Definitely, I know what you mean, getting that notification, getting that, you know, like, boop, boop, you know, order number, you know, XYZ, which is just placed, and it's like, yeah, you know, let's go. <laughs> so, um, definitely, like, um, I'll, I'll have to, I'll probably have to start doing that, you know, like, printing out those and, you know, really, really visualizing, like, hey, like, this is, this is what I want. And, you know, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, the example I just made with the podcast, right? So, like, RV, you know, that's a dream, you know, to get them on the podcast, but it's like, in order to really see that, it's like, you know, for me, at least right now, I guess the way I visualize is like consuming a lot of his content, you know what I mean? And it's like, even like dropping comments, you know, on one day he's going to see it. One day he's going to see the comment, he's going to see a post, I'm going to keep tagging him, and then he's going to be like, hey, you know what I mean? He's going to be like, good job, and I'm going to invite him to be on there, right? And like, when will that happen? Lord knows. Right. And, you know, um, shout out to Ash Cash. He was like, you know, the when is none of the how is none of your concern. So a lot of times you're like, oh, I want to do this, but we don't know how we're going to do that. And we're like, don't worry on necessarily how we're going to do that. Focus on what you can do. Focus on the stuff that you can do. Focus on the little steps that you can take. And then at the end of the day. Yeah. Then at the end of the day, all of a sudden it will happen. You know what I mean? And you'll think back and you'll be like, dang, like, how did how did that happen? You know what I mean? Like we went from, you know, zero to 100. But it's like, don't worry about like the specifics and like it's gonna be like this, the ups and the downs. No, like let that come. Control the controllables, focus on what you can control on, focus on what you can do, right? Whether that's gonna be consciously or subconsciously. And then, you know, once you put in the work, then when your dreams come true and you are selling those 10 shirts a day, you'll look back like, yo, like we went from, you know, selling 10 a month to 10 a day, you know what I mean? And like it took work, it took this, that, and a third, but like, you know, you focus on, focus on the end result, focus on the finished product, focus on, I guess, that picture in this sense, right? Focus on the picture and, you know, you'll subconsciously start making those decisions. And then once you start reaching that goal of 10 a day, you know, you'd be like, yo, that's crazy. Like, we did that. So, um, and that actually happened to me, man. Like, my monthly sales number uh, became my daily sales number. Mm. And then... Uh, my annual sale became my monthly sale. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. I, so I had a I had a year uh, starting out where I made a hundred a hundred grand. You know, I made like year two or three something like that. And eventually, I made a I had a six figure month. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're right. You don't know. You don't know how you got. It feels <laughs> <laughs> like you wake up one day and you're there. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? because you're not thinking about all the little yeah. little baby steps you took. You know, but you know, I was working every day. Yeah. I was making progress every day. But all of a sudden, man, it seems like it just it happened. And then, it, like the quote says, a mind one stretch can never return to its normal size. Mm. Right? If you you already experienced a six figure month. You don't want to keep experiencing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a feeling you don't want to get used to. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to go back to some of two watches of me. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Can you say it one more time? You said a mind in one stretch can never go back. 
that level of excellence, I think, number one, it creates and builds a real brand because you plan on being here for a while. But number two, what it does is it releases us from that stigma of being black-owned businesses. What do they always say about black-owned business? Not good quality or, or something. <laughs> on that. And um, even, and you can kind of put it in a term of business ethics. Like you said, you know, price gouging is a big thing right now. It's pretty gross and disgusting. But, um, you know, if you're going to do business in a pretty slime way, you know, eventually, you know, you won't prevail for long. So, yeah, it's, especially in the information age, like, you know, people going to make, make a noise about you, whether you're good or bad. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're bad, they're gonna make a really big difference yeah. about you. People are quicker. Sure. Huh? No, I was gonna say people are quicker to leave a, a bad review on your product than they are if they actually enjoy it than to leave a good review. Most definitely. Yeah. They're gonna tell a hundred friends if, if, they have, if they have a bad experience. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you can't control that what, what somebody else thinks. But what one thing I can control in regards to what you said about your um how you treat people is your intention. Mm. You know, it's like I, I got a clear conscience as long as I know my intention was to do everything right by this person. Yeah. You know, if they perceive it to be something different, and that's out of my control. But, you know, Talia Twine and Randy Williams as a person, never going to try to do anybody dirty. Oh, I like that. So similar to like Edom said, something so similar to like Edom said, something my mom always says, uh, always would say to me, um, growing up doing laundry, right? This is, <laughs> I would always have a problem where like, whenever I was doing laundry, Right, I have no problem washing the clothes. I have no problem putting the clothes up to dry. I have no problem taking the clothes down. But when it comes to putting the fresh laundry away, I would always just take my time. Always, always. Like I have no problem doing all the steps, but it's like once I have to put the laundry away, it would it could sit there for like a day. It could sit there for two days. My mom's like, just do it and finish. Like that's it. Like just do it and finish. And like literally since like forever, like, I've always had that. Always had that issue. Um, so it's kind of like what you said, like when you do it, do it right. It's sort of like, you know, just do it, do it right and get it over with. You know what I mean? Like when you're saying grandma would make you like do the leaves. Like, for example, if I have to rake my leaves with my dad, there's no way. He would never allow me to just rake half and then stop. No, not a shot. We're going to do it. We're going to do it all. We're going to be done. And then, you know, then we, then we go on to the next thing. So it's a little those those little like lessons definitely that's like you learn as a kid and you just learn in different examples that you know especially when you have a business um, you have to apply right and one thing we talk about entrepreneurs is being a successful business brand whatever it's not always just it's not just about being able to make the sell you know um, having a successful business is not just being able to make the sell but it's also about like the like you said the intention the mentality the the persistence all those like inward qualities that you need to have after being able to say, oh, let me sell you this, right? So it's like that, you know, the mentality, like when it comes to the stuff that, the, the behind the scenes work that no one sees, being able to like, let me start this task, let me finish it, you know, let me do it well. The first time, well, let me do it the best I can the first time, so I don't have to keep coming back, you know, tomorrow, the day after, the day after, trying to fix it, when it's like, yeah, you could have just done it right the first time, or kind of done it to the best of your ability the first time, got it over with, and then moved on, you know, so um that that definitely sticks sticks with me so um I, I really like that so it's just something that you know everyone everyone has to hear whether you have you know a business or not you know it's just something that you have to hear we're gonna do it do it right you know do it do it to the best of your ability like even said reap, um you know you reap what you sow like all these things that we hear all the time it's like you know 
<laughs> I, I guess when you hear people say like when you grow up you end up becoming like your parents so it's like a lot of these things that you may hear from your parents or grandparents from a kid it's like when you start getting older you start to really realize like oh this is what they mean like this is what you know what I mean um, this is how you apply it you know so to speak so um, it's great being able to just hear that from different you know perspectives and reinforcing those ideas you know that's what we spread here at Everybody Eats so um, really really enjoy that so on that note um, that covers all I want to speak about. Do other any of you have any closing remarks? Edom, do you have any closing remarks? No, sir. No, sir. All right, Randy. Anything you wanna wanna let the people know? Any last? Nah. nah yeah, we said how it can all. They reach you? How can they reach you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So how can how can people reach you? What's the what's the um the social media website? All that stuff. Yeah, the, the website is uh, tallyandtwine.com. A and D spelled out. See the name behind. Mm-hmm. Italian twine. Italian twine. And uh, Italian twine on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. Got it. Oh, and real quick, where did you get the name Italian twine from? Well, Italian twine is uh, an intersection here in Virginia. Okay. And it used to be a really bad neighborhood. Like you know, really known for crime and drugs. So when I moved here from Georgia, I used to hear bad stories about it all the time. Like. <laughs> Epic legendary stories about yeah. how gangster was. Um, but when I went there, I saw there was a new development and they had this program for first time homeowners. And uh, it was just totally transformed from what they said it was going to be, mm. you know, what I expected. And so I thought it was a good name to, to choose for the company because it just represents that you don't have to finish the way that you started. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You can have this bad reputation, you can mess on your Fail and do like that quote. Stay as early. You know, every day is fresh. Every day is Definitely, definitely. I love that. I love that. So, that's Tally and Twine. Tally and Twine.com. Tally and Twine on Instagram. Make sure you check them out. Some really nice time pieces. Um, I want to thank you again, um, Mr. Williams, for joining us today. I'm sure we'll enjoy the conversation. Um, for those watching, make sure you follow us on all platforms.